Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of RealCom Live. Hey, guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, there, Jim. How are you doing? Good, good. I think we lost Casey, and we'll uh, hopefully he'll get back to us. So, so this has been, there he is. Um, I mean, it's been a five, six, I think we decided, what was it? Was it 2016 or 17 that we first talked about it at RealCom? I, I don't remember the exact year. Yeah, it was in 2016, actually. 2016. Okay, so that's seven years ago, right? You know, yeah. and, uh, and and it was kind of a new topic for everybody. I had been studying it and watching it because I do that kind of stuff. I'm one of those nerds, you know, following it all the way through the labs and, the, and those closed doors in Silicon Valley when it first hit the public market. And then, you know, it was kind of quiet even for the last three, four years. Elon Musk still, you know, sending his warnings. But boy, once ChatGPT was announced, everybody's talking about it. Okay, so before we get into the conversation, let's give the audience a little bit of your backgrounds uh, from a technical standpoint, so they understand where you're coming from and, and how you're, you know, able to talk to this topic. Great. Uh, my name is Sundar Prabhu. I am the SVP of uh, uh, SVP Head of Technology Strategy at the Inland Real Estate Group, and with me is uh, Kaushalesh. Hi, hi, uh, hi, Jim. Um, so Kaushlesh Shandil, I've been working with Sundar almost for seven to eight years, and uh, I lead the innovation, work primarily on data analytics and more recently, the, all the AI technologies and how we can use them in real estate. Now, now you guys have a little bit of a reputation. You know, you, you get the, the, the required stuff done, you know, the accounting, the enterprise applications, all that stuff. And you always seem to be pushing the envelope um, as far as, you know, being out there and trying these technologies, these general technologies. Um, you know, when did you first start thinking about AI and when did you actually start to put it into practice? You know, we started looking at AI, I think this was about five, five to six years ago. And I think it was in one of these conference rooms that we were at, like at a, at a, at a, a small get together lunch that we were having. And one of the things, you know, Alexa had just come on board and basically we were saying how cool it was and, you know, how we can actually use that particular, you know, voice-based analytics into our, our um, environment here. So that actually propelled us to look at the technologies that were out there and how we can actually use those to derive business value. And that's basically how we actually uh, started working into it. But your firm, I mean, has traditionally always been willing to step in front yep. into these technologies and really figure out what the potential is. And we haven't. And that's because we have, you know, one of the good things for us is, um, as I mentioned in my last call with you, Jim, I think, um, you know, we have a good, strong leader who basically is behind us and who's driving um, you know, Tim Hutchinson, who's our CEO, is basically always there to help us uh, drive and push the envelope so we can be able to actually get things done, along with the businesses, too, because uh, they have provided the business case uh, use cases that we can then be able to apply. So, Casey, I think in our prep call, you, you guys said that you've been working uh, for the, with ChatGPT about eight weeks. Tell me that first conversation, email, phone call that you got from Sundar. That said, I think I want to do a deep dive. What what did that sound like? So it's uh, as we all learned about ChatGPT, it was somewhere around December, and 
uh, we ha started having conversation about how we can use it uh, in real estate. And Sundar is, uh, he gives me like tight deadlines, like, uh, can you show me something in three weeks? So that's how it always starts. And we always try to build a small working prototype to see to see and feel how the technology is. And it also lets us show it to other people that, hey, this is how it can work. That's how things got started. And then inevitably, there's always a singular motivation. Like you saw something on television, you read something that one of your competitors are, do are doing it. What was that button that was pressed that said, we got to do it, Sunder? So from our perspective, it was one of our founders, right? So he had actually looked into uh, an article. Actually, it was six, it was a 60 minutes um, show that he had seen wherein, you know, how Chad GPT would change the world, right? So, um, so he comes to us and basically says, like, do you know about this? Like, you know, what is this? And, you know, all the other questions that go behind it. And we, we showed him, you know, what it can and cannot do and like at a high level. But then that actually, you know, brought us to actually saying, okay, if, if you know, is there a value for us, right? So that we can be able to use. Being cognizant that we don't want to take our data, which is, you know, our industry is, you know, at least in the group that we work in, it's highly regulated. We don't want to take our data and basically put it out there but try out small things, you know, general questions and other things. So we started doing research and that's how we actually came, you know, where we are today. And again, it's a, we are finding business case use cases that we can be able to apply uh, to help us out. Okay, so for those who are kind of just getting oriented with this, let's talk a little bit about the step-by-step -step process to install it and start playing around. I'm assuming you did not go to Egghead Software and buy a shrink rack package uh, of ChatGBT to install on your client server. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, so, so Casey can actually walk you through the installation and you know how he actually went about doing this. Sure, so the when ChatGPT came out, you all you could do is log in, create an account and see how it works. And ChatGPT, they were very quick to release an API. And with that, you get uh, your own private uh, uh, access to ChatGPT mm -hmm. technology. And the way we started doing is um, we can deploy our own models, which are only exclusive to us. And during the demo, we, we'll get to see that too. That is key that you don't want to give out the information to GPT and it's accessible to everyone. So about setup, uh, you create an account in uh, with OpenAI, you apply for the API access and get your programmers start building the application. You train your own models, pick a small use case, and then start using it and see how it responds. So it's literally as simply as going to a website, logging in. Now, is it expensive? I wouldn't say. To get started, it's not expensive. But if you want to train it with all the organization data, uh, it will take more time. But to get started, it's very inexpensive. It's like you few dollars a day even if you start using it maybe fifty dollars a month something on those lines to get started well and as it becomes more sophisticated contains more data uh does it become more expensive it would but still it won't be exponential the value you can get out of it uh, pays pays for itself many times over i would say okay so 
and I want to be clear. So there's the, the, the basic general chat GBT product that anybody and everybody can just go up to and ask its questions. Mm -hmm. And then there is like you just described a separate version for yourself that only holds inland data and cannot be accessed by the general database. That's right. So it, it is not accessible by anyone else. So, so that leak from, uh, I heard from Samsung in Korea where some engineers put some top, did they actually put that data into the general system of them, which that data became owned by ChatGPT? Do you think that's what happened there? That could be a possibility, Jim. I think um, I haven't seen that, but like, you know, um, there are, you know, you know, uh, Samsung is not the only one, right? So this is yeah. where some of the ethical things to come in and other things like copyright violation, violations and other things come into play too, um, wherein you're taking the data, you're basically feeding into a, you know, a general public system. Now it becomes, now that data is actually stored in that particular system, right? So, and so it be, you know, that's, that's one of the bad things about having, you know, using a general GPT overall. Are you ever concerned that your proprietary inland data could be compromised or, or integrated into the larger system? There is, right? And that's where basically, you know, this is a, um, you know, there is always that particular concern that everyone will have. Right. Um, so there is no getting away from it. Uh, it is just that, like, how you actually secure the data that you put in. And, you know, we don't want to put in any PI data ever. Um, right. If it is, you know, data that is uh, accessible uh, to everyone, yeah, that's the data that we want to play with. So Casey, in, in working with it for a little bit of time now, scale of one to 10, one easy, 10 really hard. How hard is it to get to understand it, start to train it, get the data into it? What's your overall impression uh, after a couple months? Uh, compared to implementing anything else, uh, like implementing a CRM, if CRM implementation is um, seven or eight, I would give it two or three. That's how simple it is, just to get started. Just to guess. And then as it becomes more intelligent and you're doing your trial and error and you're, you know, you're proofing against the data, trying to get it more accurate, does it require a higher level of sophistication or does it, will it remain pretty easy to work with? Uh, so the, the key is training, training it for a specific purpose. Now, chat GPT, which is out there, it is generalized for everyone, but if you are setting up for, let's say, for a commercial real estate industry, I would I would fine tune it for a specific purpose. Now, how much data I want to give it, that uh, training itself can get a little complicated if you want to keep expanding the capabilities. Right. One way to solve that is don't, don't make one big model that knows everything. You can make multiple smaller models, like one for account receivable, one for your public information. You can always split your workload into different models. So 24 months from now, do you think every commercial, you know, corporate real estate organization is going to have its own proprietary chat GPT database? I doubt it. Jim. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think, but there will be, there will be some form of usage uh, uh, of that particular thing. Um, you know, so there will be no, there no will be no, there'll be no senior level uh, chief chat B, chat BT, <laughs> CGBT officer. I mean, you don't think it'll get to that point? 
Uh, I think some of the bigger, bigger corporations, yes, probably that may be the case because, you know, you see that, you know, they see, they can see the value from that. The smaller group, basically, you know, for them, you know, whether they need, you know, whether they have that particular resources, you know, that'll be, that'll, that'll basically try some of the things. So, you know, given what you've seen, read, heard, you know, the, the, all the discussions we've heard on television over the last few months and your experience so far, um, is, is there more opportunity here or are there more concerns and challenges? Um, it, it is both. Um, you know, the way I look at it is from an opportunity perspective, you know, as it is chat GPT by itself, you know, it helps you with your productivity. It actually reduces the mundane task, you know, it lets you do it faster and other things. Um, and, you know, like as the model actually gets trained better, it can actually help you with, you know, your property research, you know, it can also help you with predictive analytics and other things too. Right. Uh, even marketing and other things, right? So that will be the case, even a, you know, from a from a good perspective, and from a from a other perspective, it can also like you know, hopefully, you know, there is still that particular concern about inaccuracies, or right. copyrighted right. violations, and other stuff. Um, the, and the liability that you, liability you know, could be exposed to. Yeah. So, right. so that will always be the case. All right. Well, listen, let's take a brief uh, break here from one of our sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to get into this demo. And uh, and again, we're just going to be touching the surface here today, kind of as a lead into what we're going to be doing at the conference. Um, we're going to be diving deep into this topic. So when we come back, you're going to get a little peek at how um, these guys have started to use ChatGPT and uh, how the applications for the real estate industry. Be right back. All right. Um, just before we get into the demo, I just have one more question. Um, you know, when you said, you know, you could apply uh, your uh, AP data to chat GPT, that means you would have to give it access to all that accounting data, right? Would it would it remain in the accounting system or are you is there an API or do you literally copy and paste that data from the accounting system into um, chat GPT? And does that mean at some point the vendor solution providers might have direct feeds into chat GPT as part of their feature set? That that's that's possible today, Jim. Um, the way we would actually look at it is, um, you know, like that's what we are looking at. Like you know, we were testing some things there. We, you know, one of the demos that you know, in the demo we'll actually we'll be showing today, is much more on unstructured data, right? So it's basically a web a website and other things. But we also are doing you know work on you know structured data, which is like a database where you can actually go against the database, pull that information and just show the specific information, not the day-to-day -day things that you would do. Can you imagine, though, I mean, like with all the, the concept of forensic accounting, if you could ask, you know, apply all your accounting data to ChatGPT and you say, can you please go and tell me if any accounting fraud is taking place within my accounting, you know, infrastructure? And then it goes, looks for the inconsistencies, the anomalies. I mean, th this could really, truly open up a whole new era of, of, of how we deal with data. Definitely, and I and I want to actually preface like you know by you know when I say AP data, you know that's the golden source of truth for us, right? So we don't want anyone to go against you know that particular data source. If anything, we'll pull the data into a data warehouse, and then put some parameters behind it so only that information is actually taken. Yeah, up. I mean you just you just start thinking applying uh, ChatGPT question to all your financial data. Am I charging enough rents in my New York market? 
right? Yeah. And then it looks at and analyzes cost per square foot, what you're getting, the term of the lease, lease expiration, compares it against external data, market comps. Yeah. I mean, it 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 could be uh, turn out to be a very very powerful tool. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so now let's talk about this demo a little bit. We're going to just give a sneak peek, uh, and uh, we talked a little bit earlier, so we're going to kind of walk through the scenario. We're going to go off camera and bring it up full screen so everybody can see. So let's bring up the chat GPT window, and I think one of the first questions we were going to ask it, just to see the general chat GPT, was um, the question of, uh, is now the time, or uh, you know, can you give me advice on buying an office building in San Francisco? Because we know that market is having some troubles, and I want to see how smart the system is. So, Casey, can you bring up ChatGPT and ask it that question? Sure. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, Jim, is my screen visible? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Ian, if you're having trouble bringing that up. See, ChatGPT doesn't like the fact that we're going to be showing <laughs> it's taking control of our it, system. It must be. It must be my bad. I'm I'm sharing it again. Okay. okay. There we go. And then before you do that, can you just give a little breakdown of the difference between the versions of ChatGPT? I know. I think you're dealing with 4.0. Can you just give the audience a little breakdown on that? Sure. So this is the OpenAI ChatGPT interface. You can sign up today. You can use the free version. I think free version gives you access to 3.5. And um, if you pay $20 a month, then you can get GPT-4, which is supposedly more advanced, faster, gives you more accurate information. It is more recent. Okay. So let's ask it that San Francisco question. Should mm -hmm. I buy an office building in San Francisco? Sure, Jim. All right, let's do And this is the general ChatGPT system. This is not your inland proprietary. Yes, this is. The, the so the first thing it looks like it's doing is giving its disclaimer that it shouldn't give you financial information. Um, but what it appears to be doing right now is uh, really starting to do a market assessment. So it's looking at the pros of the marketplace and the cons, you know, and it's telling us the high cost of living and real estate prices, competition quality. I'll be curious to see if it gets to, you know, the uh, the absorption issue or the utilization issue. Um, right now, it seems pretty general. Um, but the question is, as this model learns, as this model learns, will it get better over time to the point where it could actually give me advice? Do you guys think it'll ever get to that point? I, I, personally, I don't think it will, uh, Jim, because end of the day, there are many factors that an individual will have to, yeah, it can actually give you an advice, but end of the day, it's up to the individual or the group that's actually looking into it to see if it meets the parameters, right? So um, okay. the way I look at it is like the tool is good, uh, but it, it, it can only take you to a certain point. Okay. Let's ask it another question. Who is Inland Real Estate Company? Sure. See if it can knows, and and in in some respects, this is a little bit like a glorified Google search at this point, right? Yep. But it gives it in a in in a more of a, a, a nicely written, you know, con, consolidated paragraph as opposed to having to go to a bunch of different real estate or Google you know sites or the website. This may have, you know taking some stuff off of your website, pretty good. I mean, you know, now what you need to do is check for accuracy before I copy and paste this into my presentation, I would probably want to do some cross-referencing, but overall, not bad, right? Yep. Um, 
All right. So now let's go into your proprietary and, and let's talk. I know you put together a page uh, on Realcom. So why don't you bring that up and, and let's what question are we going to ask it? Sure. Um, so what you're seeing right now is is a, a simple solution that we built. It is using chat GPT API and using similar interface. Difference being now we have more control on everything. Uh, uh, we don't want to store any data. We don't want to store the history and uh, we can uh, control what data we give to GPT. So um, as, a, as an example, this is chat GPT in general, and I can ask it a question like, uh, when is uh, Realcom 2023? You guys, it's R-E-A-L. R-E-A-L. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, well, why don't you... The, it was Realcom, R-E-A-L. Yeah, I'm sorry, my fat Always. fingers, okay. 2023. So that's not correct. Why is that not correct in your opinion? So it's not correct because uh, GPT is limited to the information it has access to. And when it doesn't know the right answer, it tries to make up an answer based on what it knows. Uh, but in this case, the answer is wrong. Very good. Okay. So now if you go to the Realcom data that you took from our website and put it into your you know, proprietary world, what mm -hmm. happens? Sure. So... Um, Jim, as an example, what I did is I just went to the, the main page. I go to the home page. I copied all the information. It's as simple as that control A, copy, put it in a document file, and then I trained the model. So what we see here, Realcom, this is a model which is trained with Realcom uh, homepage data. So I can mm -hmm. ask the same question. Very good. So, I mean, what we could do, and we're actually talking about this, the possibility of you guys working with us before the conference to put our entire website program content in a chat GBT environment so people at the conference can use our mobile app, but mm -hmm. then they can also use a chat GBT to ask questions like, you know, one of the, one of the sessions that are going to be talking about AI. Yep. Right. And so hopefully we can get that accomplished by the conference, I think. And again, we're not afraid to fail. If it doesn't work, throw it. You can throw it, you know, pies at me. Uh, we we believe that you have to take chances and iterate and possibly fail once in a while before you do it. But I think that's something if, if you think it's possible, we'd like to, we'd like to try out. Definitely. Uh, Jim, you said like we'll fail the last time, too, and we were successful. So this exactly. Time. Yeah. Well, we'd, we've dropped drones uh, in general sessions, so <laughs> 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 wouldn't be the first nor the last. Okay. All right. So let's move on to inland. OK. And, and show us some of the applications that you've done internally, trying to understand how this can be used in your organization. Definitely. Absolutely. So I want to start by um, this example, it's property capsule, all publicly available data for inland. And uh, this is a property highland of Grand Point. And what we did is we took the information and we trained a, trained another model specialized onto that data set. So now I can ask a question like, uh, where is highlands of the Grand Point? And it will give you accurate information just to give you a perspective I will quickly go back to chat GPT. If I did not train GPT, what would be the answer? 
Now, as you inaccurate, can, inaccurate, inaccurate. But this is your own privately owned GPT, which knows about the property. Now, that was unstructured information. I want to give you another example of uh, wherein you can access specific data. So, I want to ask a question: What is one mile population around? If I ask the same question to GPT, it will. Uh, it will not be able to. Uh, okay, let me try it again. What is so? Uh, it gives me the right answer five eight two four. Had I asked it to GPT, GPT will never know. But why does it know? Because we have trained it uh, with the data. So now you can. If you have all your data set, you can train it with your population and uh, your sales data and all. Does the it have does it does it have the capacity to read images, charts, graphs, maps, or is it just unstructured text? I would say structured and unstructured data. So unstructured would be I just copy everything and I train it. Structured would be I give it all specific data points like rows and columns. You can do that too. Have oh, you so have, have you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. So what I'm like the question that you asked is like the images and other things. Right now it doesn't. Uh, right. So the new Chat GPT feature actually does image text and other things. So uh, that's not there in the models that we're using. So eventually it'll come come through. Have you sat down and started to prioritize like which data sets inside Inland might be higher priority than others? Like what would be the next? No, one? this is uh, this is actually being done only within the technology group. So we'll basically. This whole thing came about uh, based on you know one of our resources actually leaving, and we wanted to take a data set like you know the work that he had done in a you know he had created a Excel spreadsheet, so we wanted to take the macros and wanted to understand what it was doing. That's how this whole process started out. Interesting. Okay, um, we we have time for one more quick one. We we had, you'd shown me a demo where. Uh, ChatGPT took an email thread and you know very long one and made sense out of it, so the person didn't have to read you know the the, the pages and pages of the email. Can you do a quick demo of that? Sure, Jim. Um, so this is an example of which happens a problem which happens every day. You have multiple emails and you get up in the morning. You have an email chain of twenty emails. You don't know where to start. You don't want to read through all it. Uh, so in this example. All you do is copy paste your email and explain and click explain and it does that okay john wick has requested access to two properties from regional manager jack nicholson and it quickly explains what the real problem is and what you can also do is you can also format um, uh, create a response for that so in this case i clicked um, make a formal response now me being john wick it is it is. Uh, it has already drafted a response which is sensitive to the information, and it understands the context of what problem I'm talking about. Wow. Now, is this something you think the Microsoft or an email provider will build right into their tool, as opposed to having to take data from you know your email system yeah. and put it into? I mean, it I got to believe all these big yeah, companies. Yeah, definitely. Gonna... Yeah, I think um, part of their uh, Microsoft has their particular copilot that they actually put out in the marketplace. So I'm pretty sure that they will actually start putting this as a overall uh, Office 365 
you know, roadmap that they may have, uh, that they're actually working towards. So yeah, definitely. We yeah, should. I mean, I, I, could, I could see something like this saying, you know, go into my inbox and tell me what are the critical issues that I've lost, you know, because of all this other noise. Or how about going into my clutter fol folder or my junk folder and see if I missed anything that's important? Thank you. I, I mean, again, I think it's just going to end up being a great data management tool. Sure. Um, well, guys, I mean, I think we crammed a lot in. Of course, we went over, which we pretty typically do. <laughs> um, this was the tip of the iceberg. And we are going to be bringing this conversation to the conference. Uh, we're going to be bringing it in, in small settings where people are going to be able to roll up their sleeves. We're going to be, you know, bringing it to big uh, uh, settings where we're going to, you know, show a little bit more under, you know, a little bit uh, more of that tip of the iceberg. But we are definitely going to continue on this uh, conversation and really want to thank you for, again, being the lead, one of the leads on this. And uh, I'm excited to see what we're going to be talking about um, at the conference. Definitely, yeah. We're looking forward to actually showcasing uh, that you know what we built. Awesome, guys! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank have you. a great day. Have a great day. Yeah. All right. Um, well, with that, uh, let's get to the news. Mr. Berger's waiting in the wings, always seeing if we're going to be on time or not. So, I guess that we should have ChatGPT analyze our time. The show's supposed to be thirty minutes. I don't think we've ever only gone thirty minutes. Oh, so, yeah. I think we would be reprimanded by ChatGPT. Next, there's always a next time. We'll get there. <laughs> well, you know, there's always got to be a little flexibility in life. So, uh, Howard, I will turn it over to you. Have a, a tell us the news for the week, and I'll be back when you're done. Oh, thanks, Jim, and and thank you, Sunder Casey. Great conversation on AI. You guys are always pushing the you know pushing the envelope on, on new and emerging tech. Uh, so it's just just a pleasure, and we will be hearing a lot more from you both at the conference. So I'm just going to take a couple of minutes to go through some news stories from this week's new, weekly news briefing. goes out every Thursday morning. Uh, if it's not in your inbox, just go to realcom.com and click on news, and you can subscribe there. But our lead story uh, is about us. It's uh, celebrating 25 years of PropTech leaders, the Realcom Lifetime Achievement Awards. And since 1999, Realcom's pre been presenting the Digi Awards to recognize outstanding companies and real estate projects, innovative tech solutions, and we also award our annual Digital Impact Awards, both on the Realcom and IBCon side, the folks who've really gone above and beyond to positively impact the industry. 2018 was our 20th anniversary at the Cosmopolitan in Vegas. We decided to create a new award, it's called the Lifetime Achievement, to recognize those men and women who've dedicated 20 plus years to real estate technology and really made an impact to advancing our industry through the use of tech, automation, and innovation. 20 and, and back in 2018, 20 individuals were chosen and presented with the award. And in this brief article, we honor the past Lifetime Achievement Award winners. And again, on, at 6 p.m. on June 14th in Las Vegas, we'll be announcing this year's winner of the Lifetime Achievement Award and hope to see you there. Next, I want to shout out to this week's TED partner, Altus, for their article, Four Ways to Use Data as the Strategic Advantage for Your C CRE Business, Data, Data, Data. We are now seeing an industry-wide focus on data and analytics. It's table stakes now, necessity for competitive and growth. So how do you drive a strategy for a data and analytics excellence? So Altus has identified five fundamental elements critical to overcoming barriers and progressing along the digital transformation journey. And in this article, they focus on that fourth fundamental, using data as your strategic advantage. So I'm not going to spoil the en energy but suggest a, a quick read. It's a good quick read from Altus. 
Now, since 2012, we've been profiling and showcasing outstanding examples of technologically advanced buildings, campuses, portfolios, and our at the annual conference. And this week, we're featuring the Mace Rich portfolio. So as everyone knows, Mace Rich, leading owner, operator, uh, and developer of major retail and mixed-use real estate. And they've launched some really innovative, excuse me, really innovative concepts such as QuickSpace, which is their digital platform for short-term retail leases. And back in 2015, they created a best practice center with all the smart building endpoints required in a small, uh, in a mall. And they, so they could test and ensure uh, they could each be expanded on. And starting with a single fiber backbone uh, that spanned the entire mall, they uh, attached security camper cameras, shopper counting technology, Wi-Fi access points, energy management systems, digital displays, tenant services, music, and more. And the best practices they discovered actually created a template for each of their 40 plus centers. Then in 2018, they deployed AI, robotic floor scrubbing, uh, coupled with electrostatic discharge in 25 plus companies to promote safe and healthy environments for their tenants, guests, and employees. Good focus on some great retail uh, innovation from MaySearch. And then finally, uh, back on the AI topic, uh, a recap of some interesting conversation with uh, on AI with Google execs from last Sunday's 60 Minutes show. And in the interview, Google tech exec James Manika admitted that the company's AI had somehow learned a language on which it had not been trained, in this case, Bengali. So called emergent properties, this has been happening where AI unexpectedly teaches itself a new skill. And on 60 Minutes last Sunday, CBS interviewed Scott Pelley, questioned Sundar Pichai, Google CEO, on how safe it was for Google to turn its AI loose on society, even if its own developers don't fully understand how it works. And Pichai admitted there's some weird stuff going on with AI that even the experts can't explain. So uh, that's a quick read, and it includes a link to the interview. So have a look at that one. Uh, so, folks, that was just a few of this week's highlights. Uh, have a great weekend. And back to you, Jim. Yeah, Howard, uh, the the Maesrich, out of all those great articles today, uh, the, the Maesrich one just reminds me of how much we've already forgotten, right? I mean, there is so much phenomenal good work going on in this industry, and, and, and people are so busy. And unfortunately, there's a lot of noise out there. So, you know, you miss, I mean, Maesrich has been an innovator as long as I've known him. And I mean, just taking a look at that case study, you know, if you're in the retail or the mall business, I mean, save you light years. I mean, they've been at it and been doing it. And and I remember when JP and the team was, you know, 10 years ago was testing out all the smart building technology. And and again, it's right. And then on top of all the historic great work, I don't know how you feel, but this year's conference, so many huge topics, AI, immersive hybrid workplace. 5G, low voltage, enterprise, building operating system, cybersecurity. I mean, there are some really big topics this year. And um, frankly, uh, it's hard for us to keep up. I can't imagine how the industry is doing it because uh, sometimes it just feels like it's too much. You know? and, oh, it's, it's been a huge year for innovation. We've seen a lot of new techno uh, technology applications, a, a lot of energy uh, going into not only things like ChatGPT, but uh, 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 you know, everything, you know, on the smart building side, everything from data to IOT to cyber, uh, the access uh, control, lighting, yeah, yeah parking, yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hitting everything. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, listen, you have a great weekend, my friend, and we will see you next Friday on Realcom Live. Thank you all. Thank you, everybody.
Bye-bye. All right, before we wrap the show and talk about next week, let's hear from our final sponsor, and I'll be right back. All right. Well, speaking of big topics, I think I just mentioned it with Howard. Um, at, at the conference this year, we're going to be doing a, uh, a pre-conference event that's going to be focused on next generation flex hybrid workplace experiences. In other words, a lot of these office buildings are empty. Q farms persist after the pandemic. People want to come back to a different kind of an experience, one that allows you to connect to the outside easily. It's immersive. It allows information to flow freely. And uh, frankly, not a lot of folks have yet figured out what this means. So we gathered a world-class team, three architectural firms, the leading ones, Gensel, HOK, Zaha Hadid. We got Microsoft on the advisory group. We've got representatives who are knee-deep in Zoom technologies, um, as well as others. And so what we're going to be doing is talking about this, this, new, this new thing, like what does the office need to look like? In my opinion, it's a perfect a combination of physical space and technology. And if you come from the physical world, you maybe not understand the technology. If you come from the technology world, maybe you don't understand the physical space as much. That's why this team of folks that come you know, from the design phase as well as the technical side are going to be coming up with some phenomenal ideas, concepts, and, and, and frankly, uh, it's going to be just an incredible, incredible forum. Uh, we may end up leaving with more questions and answers, but that's where we are in this process. So, with that, I say thank you very much to our guys from Inland today. Great, great jumpstart on what we're going to be talking about at the conference regarding AI. Thank you to our sponsors. And as always, thanks to the RealCom team for making this easy. And with that, I say thank you so much. Have a great day, great weekend, and we'll see you next week on RealCom Live. Be well.